In this edition of the BA Podcast, we're talking to athletic trainer and RN Alan Killingsworth. I'm Jennifer Vickery-Smith from the communications team, and Alan is one of those guys everyone around here loves. He's highly respected in sports medicine and, of course, by our coaching staff and students. And we are very fortunate to have him on staff full-time here to serve all of the BA athletic teams. Alan has a gift for relating to students, and in this podcast episode, he shares his testimony of how caring for his special needs son greatly impacted his future career and the relationships he's built as a trainer. You'll also hear from one of the many students Alan has impacted, senior Lily Holgan, who, after working under Alan as a student trainer, has also decided to pursue sports medicine in college. Enjoy this edition of the podcast with Alan and Lily. Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. We are a co-educational, independent college preparatory school near Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the stories, lives, and relationships that make BA such a special place. For more information about BA, visit BrentwoodAcademy.com. Now on to today's episode. Welcome, Alan. We're so glad to have you with us and especially excited to have Lily Holgan. She is a senior here at Brentwood Academy and has had the privilege of working as a student athletic trainer and with Alan and his team at Brentwood Academy. So welcome to both of you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. I was thinking about it, Alan. So you've been with um, the various teams at Brentwood Academy for 12 seasons. And I was thinking about if you combine all those years, how many state championships have you been on the front lines for <laughs> over the years? Have you ever counted? Uh, no, I can't say as I've actually put a number to that. Um, I get asked that question a lot. Um, recently, we've had a lot of success in sports. So mm-hmm. five or six a year times 12 years is quite a few. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. That's yeah. a lot. That's pretty cool to um, be able to have a front row seat to that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we asked Alan to come today and share a little bit about his testimony, and um, he was gracious enough to do that a couple of years ago in chapel. Might not have been the easiest thing for you, but it was Mm. very impactful for the students, and I remember so many of the elements of what you talked about and um, kind of how you made a big change a little bit later in life, and some of that had to do with um, your family situation, and you and your wife have three children. We do. Yeah, and one of those, um, one of your children was born with some um, significant special needs. Tell us a little bit about Jensen. So Patty and I had been married um, about three years when Jensen was born. Um, He was our first um, and he was born a few weeks early um, but we thought was a normal pregnancy up until um, the morning that she went in because she just felt like something wasn't right. Um, Ended up having an emergency c-section and he was um, very very sick when he was born Um, so uh, my wife's placenta had stopped growing unbeknownst to anybody um, until she went in for that visit and so basically he was starved to death he was very tiny even though he was only four weeks early Mm -hmm. Um, and then at three days three days old he had a hemorrhage a brain hemorrhage um, that left him with some residual um, pretty significant residual um, impact as a result of that and he required <clears throat> continual round-the-clock care. He did, yeah. Jensen was never able to walk or talk like you or I do, um, so all of his needs had to be met. Um, mm-hmm. We fed him by mouth. He never had a tube, so we were able to feed him everything that we ate. We just had to blend it, and it took mm-hmm. 45 minutes to an hour to do that. Um, but 
yeah, it, uh, his needs were very significant. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that you talked to us about that you really became was an advocate for him um, with the disabilities that he had. And then kind of talk about that and how it paralleled into you kind of realizing this gift that you had to relate to young people. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, my wife and I, both, both of our careers at this point are a result of um, Jensen's life and his legacy. So um, Jensen and I just kind of became that dad that you might have seen recently on TV and in the news um, that just took his kid everywhere and did everything. Um, so we, Jensen and I whitewater rafted the Colorado River and we went horseback riding over the Continental Divide and got on every roller coaster that they would let us get on at amusement parks. And, um, and then the advocacy part of that uh, came in as early as some of the parks that wouldn't let us get on rides. We contacted them to um, help them understand why they needed to change the way that they were doing some of their business. And you um, guys saw a lot of change through that, we didn't did. you? Yeah, we did, actually. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot. And it's uh, impacted your wife's career as well? Yeah. So my wife's, my wife's career started out as a parent advocate. Um, she um, had planned to go to law school um, and is a whole lot smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> but um, she um, became a, an advocate that was well known in the circles. Um, so she helped other people advocate for their children as well um, to the point of today where she advocates for everybody in the state of Tennessee and, and, and nationally as well. As an employee of the state? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. So how did, tell me about this, because this obviously greatly impacted you in, in caring for him, and that motivated you at first, I guess, to get a nursing degree? Is that how Yeah, so we'll, we'll back up to, um, I actually went back to school twice later in life, but my first time I was a PT, a physical therapy major. Um, after um, doing um, extensive in-home therapy with Jensen, um, we worked with a, an organization out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we would go out every six months and they would reevaluate him and and we'd go home and do his program for six months. So we were doing basically physical therapy and other um, rehab skills at home 12 to 14 hours a day, um, which required a ton of volunteer help as well. Um, But yeah, so being in that PT setting um, and I was a three-sport athlete in high school and so my thoughts were I was going to go to PT school and work with athletes as a physical therapist. Um, that got thwarted two years into the program. The PT, the school that I was at lost the PT program. Um, they lost the accreditation, and they started a nursing program um, at the same time. So I rolled all of my prereq hours over into nursing so that I could support my wife going on to law school. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So you ended up with a PT degree and? Or or not no, really. You ended up rolling that, you said, yeah. into the nursing. So I ended up with a nursing okay. degree. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, so I, uh, my wife graduated with her undergrad a year before I was to graduate. Um, and that's when she started her state government um, career. Um, was my last year of, of school of nursing school mm-hmm. um, and then she got offered a job in the state of Missouri um, doing kind of what she's doing now um, advocating for people with disabilities um, and people in nursing homes and, and those sorts of facilities um, and so when she got offered that job um, we had to move schools and so I offered to train the school that Jensen was going to be a part of in the regular education classroom how to meet his needs um, and so three weeks after I had started that process, the school system came to me and asked me if I would be interested in not only helping Jensen, but helping other kids as well. Um, so that's, that's started a seven-year career in public education, working with kids with disabilities. Wow, that's awesome. And then at, um, 
I guess about 12 years ago, or was it before that you kind of transitioned into sports medicine? Was that after you lost Jensen? I know Jensen lived to be 19. Yeah, Jensen passed away his senior year of high school, um, 19 and a half to the day, actually. Um, And yeah, so um, sitting in the hot tub one night after Jensen passed away, because I had lost my son and kind of my career at that point. Mm. Um, So sitting in the hot tub one night, and my wife said, so if you could do anything, regardless of money, what would that look like? What would you do? And I just started listing off the things that I felt like were gifts. Um, passionate about sports, have a degree in medicine. I, en- I enjoy that. Um, and during that seven-year process, that's kind of when I realized I had a gift of working with kids relating to kids um, and that kind of a passion. So mm-hmm. um, she said, well, that kind of sounds like sports medicine. So I went over to MTSU. I interviewed with some PT programs thinking I might go back and finish a degree in physical therapy. Um, But that process is now a doctorate degree and was just going to take too long. So I went over to MTSU and talked to the folks about athletic training. And the day that I showed up was the day that classes actually started at MTSU. And so one of the professors just took me into class and actually started attending classes at MTSU before I was registered there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You definitely dove right in did yeah and then um lily i wanted to bring you into the conversation and i know that um we've talked and you have a few questions for alan as well yeah um one of my questions kind of relating to what we were just talking about um so i've heard your story with jensen before um i kind of wondered how you know raising him and working with him has affected your relationship with the people that you're working with now like being kids around his age and like fully functioning young people how how does your relationship with him affect these new relationships one thing that Jensen taught me a lot about is patience Um, I'm not known to be a very patient person Um, (laughs) and so for God to give me a child that required 45 minutes to an hour to feed um, definitely helped me develop um, patience Um, and and it was through Jensen um, he and I basically had a ministry within public education um, because we worked with other kids, um, both kids with disabilities and without. Um, so um, it was kind of cool to be able to help kids without disabilities feel comfortable and get get used to being around kids that did have. Um, so that, that kind of became a, a ministry and, and kids were drawn to that. Um, so it kind of opened doors for us to be able to kind of share our story and, and uh, impact kids lives Um, Mm -hmm. and so that you know having and then I have two other children as well after Jensen um, and uh, just being in being in the public education and and seeing that that um, kids just need to know that they're loved and that they're okay just the way they are and um, Jensen helped be able to do that tell me about being an athletic trainer at a school like Brentwood Academy where um, truly what you're doing is also ministry to these kids and that you're able to do that. Absolutely, yeah. So I've worked at every level from middle school to professional. um, And people always ask me, well, why didn't you stay in the NFL? Um, I interned with the Atlanta Falcons in 2007. And quite honestly, that environment was not appealing to me at all. Um, I love being um, at a place where I feel like I'm able to invest in the kids, um, obviously take care of their health needs, but um, it's really more than that. I mean, I approach my job as as a ministry. I mean, this is my ministry. So, um, kids don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. I love that saying. Um, and uh, so, just to listen, um, and you know, when when a kid 
gets hurt and it's their senior year and they're not going to get to play anymore um it's that's a tough spot um, yeah. but i feel like one that i've been called to help with makes me think a little bit about dawson knox's situation and how much pride you must feel seeing him now getting a shot in the nfl absolutely yeah, I, yeah. um I, i'm hanging some jerseys on my wall um, in my athletic training office of kids that have um just gone above um just uh, endured and persevered and uh, yeah to be a part of that is super special that's awesome yeah lily tell me you are one of four athletic student mm-hmm. athletic trainers yeah. that get to work um, under allen and tell me about how you how you developed this interest and when you joined this team of students yeah well it started at the end of my sophomore year i was on the softball team and i was kind of burnt out on it i'd been playing softball for a long time and i was kind of over the high school team so i was ready to move on but I didn't know what else I wanted to do and right at the end of the season I fell and hurt my wrist and I had never been in the training room before <laughs> it was always like pretty intimidating to me so I had to go in there because I was hurt and then I was um Alan checked me out Madeline checked me out and then while I was waiting for my mom Shannon was talking to me Shannon Rob, who was the student athletic trainer there at the time and she still is and she was telling me about what she did and she was like I, w- I was telling her about how I was going to not do softball anymore and she was like well we need help here you could come do this and it was kind of like a joke but I was like yes I would love to do that (laughs) so then like the next year I started the first day of school and then the second day of school was the first varsity football game so I jumped right in it was really great and I've loved it ever since and it's actually impacted you in a bigger way than just being on the sidelines for games and those kind of things you actually after um kind of being in this program have decided that that's what you'd like for your course of study to be next year mm-hmm. yeah I, I came to the realization about spring break of my junior year I was like I really like this and I want to do medicine but I don't like the hospital setting so what am I gonna do mm-hmm. and I really loved athletic training and I like I got more interested in sports and I have had great role models with Alan and Madeline so I was like it makes so much sense for me to be an athletic trainer. So um, that's just what I decided to do. You know, you asked the question about how his son had impacted his gift to be able to relate to students. Mm-hmm. What do you see in Alan when he's working with these students? And I mean, you guys sometimes are in really tough spots where you see kids' mm-hmm. dreams crushed of, um, you know, that have big plans of either being in the recruitment process or, or what they thought they would be doing. And then, you know, something happens and changes. What has it been like for you to see how Alan reacts in those situations yeah well I've always admired Alan and Madeline of how they treat the kids I've talked to Madeline about this too and they treat all the kids with so much respect they treat them like adults and they like even more than some college athletic trainers do like the way they treat the kids makes such an impact because they're mm-hmm. not babying them they're not lying to them they're just you know approaching them with respect so mm-hmm. um that really helps the kids and it helps me he treats all the student athletic trainers like that too so Mm -hmm. it's he's great to work with and great to just meet in any way so I think the kids really appreciate that when he's just honest great for you to learn under for sure for sure (laughs) absolutely Alan tell us a little bit more for people who don't know as much about what we do in the sports medicine department here at Brentwood Academy and with the athletic training program they may not realize it but you guys are at every home event we have on campus right yeah that's that's, a lot (laughs) yeah and that's that's a a small part of what we do Um, but event coverage is um, definitely uh, we do like for instance this week we have uh 
events five nights this week um, mm-hmm. that we'll be covering um, on campus. So yeah, we we cover all varsity, um, all high school home events. We cover middle school contact events, so middle school football, soccer, um, wrestling um, as well. Um, so that's that's part of what we do. Um, we do some injury prevention work. We try to keep kids from getting hurt. Uh, we take care of the kids when they do. We do a lot of the rehab, um, sports injuries, um, rehab here uh, in-house. Uh, Which is so convenient for parents to be able to. It is. You know, they're trying to juggle school schedules and everything else and get to PT. And a lot yeah. of times you guys can provide that here. Yeah, yeah. So we, we work under the guidance of physical therapists. Um, if it's a it's a surgery, a post-op uh, patient or, or athlete, uh, we try to get them in to see a physical therapist um, so they can kind of get the ball rolling and um, set the, uh, you know, set the, therapy plan um mm-hmm. and but yeah we're able to supplement that um and you know there's all kinds of situations that come up where uh, transportation is an issue or insurance is an issue um so yeah we uh we do have the ability to do that right here we're uh, blessed with facilities um and we have all of the amenities that you find at a pt clinic mm-hmm. um or even some of the rehab places that we've got here in town now we have um some of the recovery tools that you kids will go pay for um that we have available right here, here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome um one of the hot topics certainly is co- concussion protocol mm-hmm. you were a part of the state team that really kind of determined what that would be for high school athletics tell us about that yeah so i was at that time in, involved with our state organization um a good friend of mine um Tim Hoskins was kind of big in in developing the, the the state law for concussions in the state of uh, state of Tennessee, um, and I, good friends with Tim Hoskins, so I had some input on on that. Um, us finally getting our legislation uh, passed in the in the state of Tennessee, um, so it, it, it's um, it it. It was much needed. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly fun to be a part of that, um, and you know we wrote the policy for uh, Brentwood Academy. Uh, we didn't have any kind of a concussion policy when I started here. Um, so we, um, uh, I drafted some policy procedure for how we go about handling um, concussions, concussion protocols here at Brentwood Academy, which mimics, kind of mirrors the state law. Uh, but um, we got something in writing and um, worked closely with the folks in the academic setting as well. You're able um, to kind of be that liaison for the yeah. student and the parent to the teacher to determine sure. what's appropriate, I guess, after or what yeah. the, what their capabilities are afterwards. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes kids need academic modifications um, uh-huh. with concussions. So, um, yeah, we, we communicate with the, the people up here in the mm-hmm. academic side. Um, and then when, they, when they're able to get through that, then we, we can start the return to play progression and get them back to their sport. You know, we talk a lot about relationships at Brentwood Academy and students being known, and I just um, I love hearing um, about how your Lily getting to work, you know, with you and under you has impacted her. What do relationships mean to you and to hear these students that want to go on and um, kind of shadow in what you do? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think relationships are a, a huge piece of what we do. I mean, that's why God put us here um, is for relationships. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, um, I've had kids in the past, students in the past that just weren't really 
not sure where their spot was at Brentwood Academy. They liked athletics, but maybe weren't going to compete or didn't have the desire to do that anymore. Um, so to be able to offer some kids an opportunity to kind of find their niche is super cool. I mean, that's that's really, really fun. Um, when you talk about relationships, um, Lily shared with me that she was uh, considering going to school at Furman, um, and I just so happened to know the former defensive coordinator on the football team at Furman. Um, so that relationship will, will help um, for, for sure. sure yeah. Same with Shannon um, wanting to go to nursing school and shared with me where she wants to go to nursing school. And it just so happens that the one of the lady that ladies that's on the board of that nursing program is my sister's neighbor you know, in <laughs> San Diego. Um, so relationships are key. Um, they mm-hmm. really are. They're a huge huge part of what we do and why we're here why we're here absolutely well thank you both for um kind of sharing your perspectives of um i just love this the fact that you know this program is so much more than just you know athletic tape wrapping up sore ankles and you know the injuries that the athletes receive and um, the way that you pour into the students and and you do build a relationship with them through the care that you guys provide and then um, I love Lily's story of the impact that you've had on her as well as other students so thank you guys so much for being here thank Thank you. you We talk a lot about relationships here at Brentwood Academy, and Lily's respect and admiration for Alan was cultivated by his efforts to mentor Lily and get to know her as a person and not just a student. We see these stories lived out every day. If you'd like more information about how your student can experience the mission of Brentwood Academy, visit our website or come take a tour any Tuesday morning beginning at 8.30. No reservations needed. Thanks for listening. It's always great to hear the wonderful stories, moments, and insights from members of the BA community. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, we want to hear it. Just visit BrentwoodAcademy.com forward slash podcast to submit your episode idea today.